Welcome to the Far From Average podcast where we talk about topics and interview people who are far from average so you can take your business and your life to the next level. I have an extremely special guest with us here today. Over 17 cars and managing cars nationwide. Let me introduce Duturo Gold. What's up? What's up? Hey, man. It's great to have you on the podcast. Now, since we spoke a little bit about the uh, 17 cars, just kind of tell us how you got into Turo and why did you choose Turo of all businesses? So originally, I actually have a background in uh, real estate and um, taxes. So it's interesting. The car industry is actually pretty similar to real estate. And um, we'll get into that. But my mindset was always like, how do I get things without spending a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. And I like nice cars. I just never wanted to spend the money on nice cars. I actually had a um, Honda when I started Turo and um, I went on vacation and I seen this guy, he had like literally 45 cars and it was on the top floor of a Whole Foods parking garage in LA. Uh -huh. So if anybody knows the real estate market in LA, that's really expensive. So he's paying a lot of money and I'm like, yo. And the guy was telling me that his boss mm -hmm. started with one car. And I was like, okay, well then I, I, if this guy could do it, I know I could do it. So I, right. I set my sights on Turo after that. It was between Turo and Airbnb. And um, I started with Turo just because it was um, easier to get into because of like the laws on Airbnb. Right. So that's the reason you got started. And you said you have a background in real estate and taxes. Well, let's go back a little bit more. How did you get into entrepreneurship in general then? I think, well, I never really worked a regular job. Like I uh -huh. never had to clock in. So um, when I was younger, I used to sell candy. Like that was my thing. While people were at school, I was like selling candy in front of a payday loans. And I was learning a lot about supply and demand. And so when I got 18, I'm like, you know, I watched my mom work and my sisters work. And I'm like, I really don't want to go work a job. I just didn't have any interest to like go, go work a job. Go yeah, like I had no interest. And my mom never was like, you're 18, go work a job. She never said that. So I was like, okay, I'm 18, just got done. With high, like I just finished school. I'm like, I wanna go get, my mom was working in the real estate field. And I'm like, I wanna go get my real estate license. Mm -hmm. So I literally just did that. Honestly, it only took me like two and a half weeks to do that. The, the classes are real estate, it's really small. Yeah, I got, my, uh, I got my license when I was 18 too. That's great. See, many people don't even, you know, realize that you can do that that young. So um did the classes and then i'm like but my clients a lot of my clients don't know about taxes so i was like why don't i go learn how to do taxes so you can understand if i want to deal with investors yeah. they can understand the tax side so i went and got my like tax certificate so never really had a job got right into real estate you said that was right after high school as soon as you turned 18. yeah because i was younger so as soon as i turned 18 in the summer boom just graduated. Got the real estate license. So a, a lot of people aren't in that situation. They, they're like, their parents or the people around them are saying, hey, you need to do this, 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 and that. That's kind of like the blueprint that everyone gets. So what would you say to someone who wants to go a different route and the things that, they'll, that they should expect from other people in their circle and the reactions that they'll get and how to deal with them? So I think the big thing is um, understanding. I mean, <clears throat> I never would say I, at a young age I understood myself, but there was things that it was just like, I don't want to do this. Like I grew up with ADHD. So my mind's like, 
I don't want to do it. I want to do it. And it took a long time because teachers were telling me like, that's wrong. So I had to seek out, and my mom was really supportive though. They really had a supporter. Seek out different things. Like that's huge. A lot of people don't. The rest of my family's like, no, like you need to get a job. So I would say this, if you guys don't have anybody that's like supporting you directly, I would look for now like online influence. Mm -hmm. Who do you feel that's genuine? Watch these people because having that inspiration and positivity is 100% needed as an entrepreneur. We, because it's like a very small percent of people are entrepreneurs. Yeah. Everybody else Even is like- smaller successful. Right. And everybody else is like, okay, that's crazy. So for me, I was already with that mindset of like, most people are gonna be against what I wanna do. Mm. And I got good at proving them wrong. Yep, that's huge. So did you end up going to college or did you just start entrepreneurship right after? I started right after, I didn't go to college. I literally got my real estate license. It was like, okay, wow, I'm like the youngest guy in my office. Yep. <laughs> The same thing with taxes, but I just realized a lot as I was going through this process of like, I never thought like I need to go to college. I never thought I need to go get a job. It was always just like, I can make this work. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when they hear things like that, like, oh, you don't need to go to college. You don't need to go uh, get a job. They look at it as absolute. And you should, like you said earlier, to kind of know yourself and what it is that you do and don't want to do. And finding out that early so you can kind of go down your path now 17 cars right now what would you say to someone who needs to or not needs to, but wants to get their first car how should they go about it because i know you mentioned there's a lot of different ways to get into Toro, so kind of break that down okay. and how someone can get started so i think the biggest thing is a lot of people aren't actually talking about in this industry is it's literally getting free cars so when i talk about this toro it's a business i do private rentals and do stuff like that. But like, it's a business. So big businesses have investors, right? And I realized this early on from real estate. So when I got to the car space, I'm like, buying or financing a bunch of cars, if you don't know how to do it, 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 it literally, the financing part can mess you up on the back end. So I got good with saying, hey, who has extra cars? So I'm like calling my family like, yo, who has an extra car? Someone's like, I got one. Literally, I was having meetings with people like, do you have extra car? Do you have credit? Because I was using my credit for real estate. So I'm like, who has credit or who has a car? Everybody's like, we're not running our credit. I'm like, okay. So then finally, I'm like, yo, mom, you have that Lexus. Mm -hmm. She doesn't get a new car anyways. Can I use your car and rent on Toro? And my mom said, okay. So what happened was, I literally got her car and started renting it out and I had to give her, I had to go get another car. She needed a car. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to give you, I just got a BMW leased. And I was like, okay, this is too much for me. Right. Yeah. I had a Honda. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give you the car, but Turo and higher car, these ride share, um, peer to peer car sharing platforms. Yeah. They don't require you to own the vehicle. So I'm like, okay, if I, if, if I could finance it, I could lease it, I can get someone else's car. I don't ever have to spend my money or use my credit. Realistically, if I just get other people's cars. So that's a really good way right now during the time we're in, there's gonna be people that can't pay their bills on their cars mm. or maybe a second, call friends, family, and put the word out. There's a platform called Turo. They will let me rent your car. I'll do all the work. I just want this percentage. 
Mm. And you could sit at you know you could sit at your day job and the car will make us money. And however you go about splitting it is like up for negotiation and things like that. So that was your that's how you got your first car is through the joint venture deal. That's the very first car I got to a joint venture deal. And what was your first car that you financed and how did you go about that? So the first car that we financed was so I had to get the BMW. So I wound up getting that leased. Mm-hmm. Now Important to say, um, when leasing, you guys have to, people need to check the contracts because some prohibit um, usage. Yeah, I know uh, BMW, with the lease, they have a certain Yeah, some of them have certain clause, right? Some of them have certain clause. Yeah, so d- definitely, some of them have a clause that basically says, like, you can't use it for commercial use. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of them don't specify because this is so new. They're, they're not saying don't rent the vehicle out, but they're saying commercial use. So like when it comes to contracts, that's up for debate, right? That's really up for debate. But some contracts have you cannot sublease, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. So you want to look for stuff that says you can't sublease. Um, If you're leasing in your personal name, that's when it's going to be, you're going to get hit with more rules. Yeah. When you start doing stuff in the business name, those rules typically change Mm -hmm. because you're getting a vehicle, you under your business name, uh-huh. you may have multiple employees that may drive your vehicle, right? right? So there's different things like that, but... So commercial use becomes like a gray area because what is commercial use? Exactly, it's all these contracts. And so I recommend always reading the contracts, leasing and financing um, because of those clauses. Always leasing and financing. So you would you would say, would, would it be better to lease for your first one that you technically finance or that you take out some kind of loan on or would you say to purchase the car outright cash cars i know there's a few options that you have and like for instance let's say somebody has navy federal and they have like a twenty thousand dollar line of credit and they go get like an eight thousand dollar cash car because maybe they have four grand ready and they pay off the other four over time would that be another option for people yeah I like that option so basically financing if I can go back I wouldn't have financed probably any of those cars I would have just leased so I would say if you're not gonna lease lease typically requires um, a higher credit score uh-huh. and um, a better credit and definitely because I, I owned a home at the time so it was a little bit easier getting to so you want to have yeah. a, you want to have a high credit card five thousand ten thousand everything paid on time no derogatory marks and that's going to really help you with the lease. But why I like leases is you're coming in a lot cheaper than your financing, right? And for like BMWs, Mercedes, and some of the higher end or mid tiers, you can get a demo model or a loaner vehicle that to the dealership is used, typically under 7,000 miles, but you're going to get these deep discounts because they already drove it. So, On the lease. Right. So the loaner vehicle, basically, when you guys go get your vehicle serviced at BMW, you're like, I need a vehicle. They're like, okay, we'll use this car. Yeah. So they'll cap it about 7,000 miles. That car is getting light use. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty new to me. And they'll still lease it to you because it has to be new when they lease it technically. Yeah. It's still going to be leased to you as a new lease. And you still get warranties and, and uh, manufacturer warranties and everything. So that's a way to get in with a discount. Okay. So, yeah, I never heard of that. you know, no, I never heard of that. That's dope. Yeah, that's the way I got the BMW because I'm like, I was gonna pay like 600 bucks. And I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that. You have to ask. 
Yes. Say, hey, I want to lease one of the loaner vehicles. A loaner or a demo model, depending on where you model. go. So typically, anything above like um, Infinity and up, Infinity, the dealership, they may have some, but like Toyotas and Hondas, they don't usually have loaner vehicles. Right. The other ones, BMW and uh-huh. Mercedes, typically those have the best leases. If you look at, I want people to look at this. When we're looking, okay, we want to go get a car. What, say you're looking in the mid-range like BMWs, Mercedes, what car is widely seen everywhere you drive? BMW, like that's huge to get. So BMW, how can they stay competitive at a higher price point? Because they have really good lease models. Yeah. Okay, because if you go, this is a crazy thing. My BMW uh, 330i 2021, was it was cheaper than me leasing a Toyota? Because Toyota, the way they do their leases, is a different. They they do it differently. So yeah. that's why people are getting so many BMWs. Yeah, I remember because I, I was talking to someone. I was like, "How much do you pay for your, your car?" They were like, "Oh, I pay six hundred dollars a month." <laughs> I was like, "Dang, that's how much I pay for, like you said, a twenty twenty one BMW uh, on a lease, and they have a, a much older Ford." But that would be. The clauses are with BMW, so should we avoid BMW for for Toro cars for lease in general? Yeah, so I guess that would be one because they change like they change them quite often. So and it depends upon where you're at. So um, Mercedes is another one that you can look into. They're always changing, so we always got to look at the leases, right? So now, if we wanted to finance, like you were talking about. If you guys are with Navy Federal or you guys have some sort of line of credit, I really like the cash car method. Yeah. So I would go joint venture deals, what it's called, which is a free car. Then I would go leased. And then I would go, how can I get a line of credit um, and go get cash cars? Yeah. Because when you do that, you get the line of credit, mm-hmm. you pull from it typically. So most lines of credit, when you pull from them, that's when you start paying on the interest. Right, a lot of times you may actually save by having a line of credit, depending on what your credit's like. Right. Secondly, when you go buy the car now, yo, I have cash. So when you go to Facebook Marketplace and offer up, yep. Okay, that's where you guys should look. Um, you have negotiating power because if I say you tell me eight thousand dollars, and I show up at seventy five hundred and this cash, cash right there, it's like, you don't want it. Right. So you have the negotiation power with cash. Now with that. Um, doing that, I do recommend looking at the car faxes and always checking like the VINs. You want to check and make sure there's no no recalls. Do not buy your car uh-huh. if there's a recall on it. It's not worth it because platforms like Turo, as soon as a recall happens, they flag it, the VIN number in that database. Turo gets wind and Turo takes your, your car um, off the platform. Off. So what, step by step, what should we do when inspecting the car, like who should we take it to or what are the things that we should look out for then? Okay, so Turo now, um, or inspecting a car like when you're buying it? Uh-huh. Yeah, like when I'm buying it, what should I look for in a car to make sure it's right for Turo? And is there anywhere specific I should take it in the event I buy like a cash car or use off Facebook Marketplace or offer up? Okay, so there's a couple like hacks you guys can do without even taking anywhere. The first things first, you guys gotta get the VIN number, check the Carfax before you even see the car. Don't even waste your time. A lot of people go and they're like, yo, salvage title, you can't use a salvage title. Don't get it, has to be clean title, number one. Two, make sure there's no recalls. If that's fine, when you get to the car, you can get these things that you put in the um, 
OD2 port uh-huh. under the steering wheel and um, it's called like fix it and you could hook it up to your phone. So what that's gonna do is if there's any lights on in the car, it's gonna check and show you, you're gonna click it and it's gonna tell you if there's any um, thing wrong with it. There's check engine lights okay. and stuff like that. Oh, you said you can find that where? You can find that on like Amazon. Okay. It's called fix it. And was it you or was it someone else that posted that one of your cars got stolen? Well, yeah, I think, my, yeah, I think it was you that posted that your car got stolen. What do I need to do to avoid that? Okay. So when you guys are doing the process, you got the car and everything, um, you got to get a kill switch, right? So um, basically mm-hmm. a kill switch is a GPS. They pit it hooked up to the engine and it could disable access to the ignition. So if I kill switch my car, disable it, you can't turn it on, mm-hmm. right? So now full disclosure, most kill switches will not stop the cars while they're driving. Right. So it's not like you'll stop it and like, oh, car stopped, I can go get the car. Yeah, that could be a lot of legal issues. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that. So um, Advantage uh-huh. has a tracker that I use and that we go to like, some say you can go to Geek Squad, I don't know if they do it anymore, or just a mechanic shop that does wiring uh-huh. and they'll hook it up in your engine and then you'll control everything from an app. That's the biggest thing. Without the kill switch on the tracker, you just have a tracker. Then what are you gonna do? Your car is driving around. There's yeah. there's people have to understand in this this industry is somebody can if I rent my car to you and you take my car, depending on what state I'm in, that's not stealing, that's embezzlement, which means that's the cops aren't gonna just go, hey, we're gonna get the car back, you're going to and jail. Drop it back, drop it off. Yeah. Because it's like a civil thing. It's different. So we have to get those kill switches. So um, in the event that happens, we can safely recover the vehicle when no one's in it. Mm. So you would wait. And it allows you to like, track where the vehicle is. In real time. It allows time. you. Um, the, I mean, most of these don't pop off like because a lot some of them are on um, using like satellite and different things like yeah. that. So somebody would have to... Um, disable certain things, features on the car to make that stop. But most of the time, they're not gonna do that. Depending, but honestly, if you guys are like, have a higher end car, right? I would get two. You can literally get two kill switches Uh and you can keep one on and you can keep one off because people can find kill switches or- And they just wanna rip them out? Yeah, like professionals that really steal cars and like chop them up and stuff. Yeah, they know what to do. You can literally get like a wand and go around a car and find one. Oh. So what you do is you have one that's on and then you have one that's off. So even if they get one, the one that's on, the one that's sitting there off is not transmitting anything. So how did you recover the car? So that car, this is- Give us the full story. So this is a story. So this car is being rented on a platform called Hire Car, Uh which is to Uber and Lyft drivers. So I met, I have a team now, and I met the lady because they didn't know what my team's like. We're not doing higher car. We don't know the process. You do that. So I met this lady. Uh-huh. <laughs> the lady had listened. So the whole time we're talking, I'm like, okay, great. Like I'm trying to sell her on, you know, doing more business with me. She's like, yeah, yeah. She told me she came down from Reno. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like six hours away, whatever. And so I remember at the end is something that stood out and like these little red flags is interesting. She had no teeth, like her teeth were <laughs> all messed up. Like, and I was thinking like, 
Okay, that's kind of weird. And she was doing DoorDash. So I'm like, she could possibly afford to do this consistently. But see, with that platform, you could you literally rent from one day and now you have the vehicle in your possession. If you drive six hours away, you don't have to rebook with me. You just, now you have my car. So I get a call in the middle of the night from my team. The car's in Reno. And I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. This, I was like, I never would have expected somebody to drive re to, Reno. to Reno's like seven hours. Yeah. Like, and it's not a fun drive. So I was just like, maybe she's coming back. No, she's not coming back. She's not, right? So I'm, okay, trying to keep it cool. So I start texting her, hey, do you, we didn't have a kill switch in that car either. We only had a tracker. I said, hey, what's going, you know, just trying to see what she says. She, she's like, she doesn't respond. And all of a sudden I see my little tracker that goes under the steering wheel taken out. So it tells us it's taken out and I'm like, oh. okay. So over the process, she wind up keeping the car for 30 days. And literally, I guess I was persuasive enough or she was paranoid or whatever. Um, but she was driving my car every single day, like hours. So she unhooked the tracker and then kept the tracker in the car. So it was still tracking. Yeah. And she literally abandoned the car. The company hire car got it and finally towed it back to us. But 30 days is a long time to have your car gone. Yeah. We and didn't have an extra key. Money, right? No money. We did two mistakes. The first mistake is we didn't have an extra key. Second mistake is we didn't have a kill switch. So the vehicle was stopped a lot of times. I'm like, okay, I could fly up there. I'm going to fly up there and ask her for my key back. That can be a whole, you know, a yeah. dangerous situation in and a different city. We don't know who she's with. Yeah. Dang. So they end up towing it and bringing it right back to you. Did they compensate you in any way? So with higher car, there's less protection. And I found out the hard way. Okay. And they, that's because it's commercial, it's for commercial use, right? Well, <clears throat> higher car, that platform. So like higher car and Toro, two different platforms, um, let you rent cars. They offer protection plans. Higher cars protection plan wasn't what I expected. They didn't pay any lost income. They didn't pay for like tires being messed up. They're just like, we'll bill her. And I'm like, okay. They were like, we'll give you your money whenever, wherever she pays the bill. I'm like, it's been 30 days, yeah, sir. <laughs> So no compensation for that? Zero compensation. Um, they covered the tow. Okay. They covered I mean, the tow. That's the least that they can do. So they don't offer any compensation to someone work with higher car? Like is it a platform that people should get involved with? Um, I don't use higher car anymore um, to rent out. I use it for leads, like to generate leads. Like I'll put my cars on there for Uber and Lyft drivers, generate the leads and pull them off. So, but I recommend at this point in time, uh, Turo, because their protection plan, if you follow it, I've had many claims successful with Turo and there wasn't no issue. This was like a disappointment, you know? Yeah, you said pulling leads. So you're actually getting the names, email addresses, and like the numbers of all these people that's, who, who are signing up? That's a good point. That's actually key. So so for what I mean on hire cars, I'll post a car and basically be like, yo, text me off of this number. like. If you guys do that on Toro, Toro may like completely remove your profile if you guys are doing stuff like that. Higher car is different. They didn't really mind. So I was doing that and getting the leads and renting to them privately. Now, Toro and higher car, when you guys are doing this, I do recommend getting the phone numbers. I do recommend writing down what car this person rented. I do recommend that because like I said earlier, as a big business, we need retention. Right. Cust Toro, people need to understand this. 
Turo is an app. Okay, that is it. They don't have insurance. They partnered with somebody that has insurance and protects you, protection well, you plans. Use the app. Exactly. Only through the app while you're using it. Now, Turo retains the customer. It's their customer. Yeah. It's their marketing. They're doing all these different things. But what you can do is say, when I press call, like to in the app, you could press call only a certain amount of time. Like you have a week to do it while you're there on the trip. Press call, save their number, and keep their number. Okay. Um, there's many different things you guys can do. You guys can uh, add like a QR code. I haven't even said this anywhere. I'm gonna give you guys a sauce though. You can you can add a QR code to your um, vehicles, and you could press. You could be like, scan me if you want deals, or scan me, right? Scan oh. me because here's two things you need to understand. On the platform, they're Turo's customers, right? Now, when we get in the vehicle, if I scan that QR code. I and you and I have to put my information in, and as long as you say, "Are you cool with us texting you?" Yeah. And they say yes. Now they opted in legally for you to text them. Hey, yo, Merry Christmas. Hey, yo, we have a New Year special. Hey, yo, next time you come to Vegas, don't forget this. So now nice. you're literally pushing text messages to your customers with them opting in. So you could simply put. So when you do the QR code, it needs to go to a form. It could go to a jock form. Um, you can build a form through like a funnel, even. yeah, through a funnel. Yep. And literally, that's how you're going to retain your customer. So what do you offer them? Like, is it discount codes on for restaurants? Give us a breakdown of what you're offering. So what we're actually rolling out is the we have a whole guide, right? So I have a whole guide. You can literally. You can see what cars, uh, you can see in the car you're driving, videos on how to drive that specific car. Uh -huh. You can um, click to get discounts at affiliates of restaurants and different things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's a guide. And then on the third it's thing like is, guide yeah. Almost. And the third thing is you can opt in to getting discounts from me at a later time. Mm. So what do you do when you get their number? Do you add them to like the community and then if you're running a discount on the car, what do you text out the link? Yeah, so you guys can use like community, um, depending on how big your list is. There's a, a couple of different textily, I think there's another uh -huh. one. You can Julio. use that. Yeah, so you can use those and just send out one ways or let them respond. And just I'll let them know like, yo, got a discount. The big thing is like follow up. Like yeah. discounts are great. Sometimes it's cool just to get a, a Merry Christmas or a happy like yeah, happy birthday, happy birthday right? Big companies are doing this every single day. Check your email. Around your birthday, the randomest come Office Max is like, Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, I'm like, come check your <laughs> Here's your 10% off. Okay, so that's a great way. I never heard of anyone doing it that way. That's that was like one of my main concerns about Terrell. I was like, I don't own the list. So the rug can be pulled from under me at any point. So how do you go about doing the private rentals? Okay, so private rentals. Um, the biggest thing people need to understand is like the legalities on your state. They're all different on how you need to set it up. Um, make sure you guys have a business and LLC though. Like that's key. Just get an LLC for liability. Yeah. Um, some make you get a license, some don't. So for us, if somebody wants to rent directly with me, they'll call me up and I'm like, okay, um, I have a contract, right? And the contract based 
breaks down like honestly if you guys go type in google and look up contracts you might find an enterprise contract or someone's contract online yeah. on there and just really talk about what happens when you damage the vehicle what happens how much is the rate what are, can i extend it at any time like all those clauses are the most important thing i require that they have insurance okay so do you need a different kind of insurance for the car yeah, so you guys want to use, there's a couple companies you can use. Um, American Business Insurance is one of them, ABI. Uh, there's another one out there. I haven't used this one yet. A lot of my mentees use it. It's called Lulu, and that's for private rentals. You guys, the insurance game is the hardest thing in this. A lot yeah. of insurance companies will just cut you so and say, nope, oh, you've been doing Toro? Oh, nope. So I recommend finding a local insurance broker. In your local area, don't if you're in Nevada, don't use California insurance broker. Use a Nevada broker because they understand Nevada laws and say, hey, this is exactly what I'm doing. Don't go in and lie to the broker because yeah. a broker is not going to be able to help you get good insurance. There's a handful of companies, ABI will let you and Lulu will let you rent the cars privately. Uh -huh. So now what are we looking at as far as the, the cost for insurance? I know a lot of people are are worried about when they do get a car like how much expense am i gonna incur now that i have these cars good so good question um so abi is cheaper typically so well there's there's the thing you need to look at how much do you want to pay on a deductible mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing that's huge because abi is like they, two they factor in your credit abi they go everything off it's all off your business okay so um you may get a 2500 dollars deductible but you're paying 78 dollars a month so I, I like to look at this and say, when you guys are looking at insurance and you first start, you're gonna pay either way. What's more likely to happen? Your, your vehicle, if you have a car on Turo for a year or private rental, it's going to be damaged. Like there's like 99%. Like, so what I say is how much money do I have? If I have $0 to fix my car, I'm gonna go get the lowest deductible and pay it higher monthly. Now, if I have 5000 saved up or a no interest credit card, mm -hmm. then I'll say maybe I'll get the higher deductible and I'll keep the low monthly and make sure I'm building up a cash reserves. So there's you either do one or the other. You have a yeah. cash reserves or you go and pay a higher monthly. Right. So but that insurance compared to Geico, like Geico is going to say no. Yeah. Like a lot of these other companies, you're going to be paying more. And if you go run a claim in the end, they're like, it's like, no, you're not getting anything. We're not going to pay and we're going to drop you. And you're going to be banned, right? It's done. Dang. So stay in the names of the uh, commercial insurance is ABI. And Lulu. And Lulu. So if you want to do the private rentals. Yeah. And Lulu, depending on who you speak to at Lulu, they have different... Um, some say four cars, some to say five cars. Like you may need a certain amount of cars, but a lot of this stuff is off of your area as well. Yeah. So is it higher out here in Vegas? Um, a lot of insurance in general is. Yeah, insurance in Vegas is higher compared to like other cities. But it, and it depends. Like insurance out here is going to be higher for a collision, but like in Atlanta, they have more break-ins. So insurance on that side may go up because they're like, well, your car may get broken into. Yeah, and I think that's people's main concern is just like, the insurance so with those two companies they have a resource and they'll be able to kind of establish where they're at like like you said if they have five ten thousand dollars in reserve having that lower payment higher deductible may make sense but if you have zero dollars this is something that you're looking to get
get started. Don't. With. Yeah. Same thing on the Turo, real quick. With the protection plans on Turo, again, deductible. People are like, yeah, I'm on the 9010, which is like zero protection. And, well, there's a little bit more than zero, but <laughs> it's pretty low. And it's like, yeah. you have you don't have a reserves. So we have to look at it as a big business. If I don't have reserves, it's okay. Pay Turo their 25%. Or 40%, whatever you feel comfortable with. You guys are in a high claims area. Las Vegas is a high claims area. Um, big cities. LA is going to be a higher claims yeah. area. Miami. People are drinking. People are partying. People are going to open your doors. They're going to ding it. If you realize, like, like I did, I said, I'm going to do the 60-40. This was like in the industry, doing the 60-40 split, which with means Turo. with Turo, yeah, their protection plan, I was really covered. Everybody in the industry is like, that's stupid you're gonna lose a lot of money i'm like you guys don't understand somebody messed my door up and made 500 dollars after i re re um recovered the damage so, oh, so they'll pay you out they'll pay all the 60 40 because they'll have pay invested you. interest in your car yes that's what it sounds like so 60 40 basically i'm paying them more so they're going to give me more protection it's called wear like they give you wear and tear so someone's dents your car that's i get paid part. Are yeah. all your cars on the 60-40? So I have some. I took a lot off because the claims just started going down. So I'm like, okay, it's only benefit if you're getting claims, realistically. So you can adjust it at any time. Yeah, you can adjust it at any time. The only thing is if, like, say if you have 20 bookings, those bookings are going to stay whatever plan. And then as you start the new, the new um, protection plan, everything after that booked will be on that protection plan. Okay, so you can change it. You can change it by the booking or by the month. You so mean. you could change it at any time, but any existing booking that already has one. It's going to be under what you already have. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, I mean, this is great information, especially with the QR code and getting people's information. That's sauce. I, I mean, that's a, that's, a, <laughs> that's a golden nugget. I haven't heard any. Honestly, I haven't heard too many people doing it. I always think, okay, how everybody, a lot of people are going to come to this game and they're going to be like, how much can I make a day? And I'm like, my next question. That's your question? <laughs> My next question. What does someone really expect to make? Because I know a lot of people, they don't want to get into it for nothing. Yeah. No one, there's very few people who are like passionate about renting out cars or running yeah. around getting uh, car washes and stuff like that. What can we expect from like having about two, two or three standard economy cars? A month? Yeah. Okay, because I don't do daily, so we can do a month. So yeah, average, a month. average car on Turo from what they say in all the big cities and from what we're seeing is anywhere from gross, straight off the top, 800 to about 1500, right? Gross. So a lot of this game is how you buy the car. Yeah. Because like, if you make $700, that's great. Like for some people, but then it's like, well, I only made- if you have like a, a $400 note, a $200 right. insurance. Then you're then you're not making anything. Yeah, you're in the negative because gas. Exactly. So it's all about buying the car. So that's why I break it down. If you have the car from someone else, you're making your profit every single time. You're not spending any money. Yeah. Literally, but you don't have a car note. They may have a car note, but my partners pay their car note. Mm -hmm. So I make my money off the top. Mm -hmm. That's why the JV deals are so good because your expenses are your time. Exactly. And when you're first getting started, you have a lot of. Yeah, you may not have a lot of money, but you have a lot of time. Exactly. So you should leverage that uh, in that instance. But yeah, I mean, this is this is great information. Now, as far as more information about how to get started step by step, can you tell us about what you have to offer between courses, programs, ebooks, 
mentorship, anything like that that can help somebody. Because this this is kind of like the how, how to get into it, how how you need to go about it. But I know in your products, because I bought a lot of your products myself, it's like the what, what you need to do today or step by step, what can I do to actually make money in the step or in, not in the step in this space, what do you need to do to make money in the space? So can you share some of the things you have to offer with us? Okay, yeah. So um, first thing I do have is, um, and it's free, it's a tech service you guys can get into. If you guys text the word uh, Turo to 702-297-6497, I give daily tips every single day. Yeah. Every day. I mean. I've been on it. He's <laughs> tips. I've been on it for a while. So I have that. And then I have like the the, the, the blueprint is honestly in my um, how to become your own boss using Turo ebook. Right. It's, it's 25 bucks. And I literally go from how I went to one to 14 cars in 90 days. I did this in 90 days. You said how much? 25 bucks. To go from one to. Oh, one to 14 cars in 90 days. In 90 days. Yes. And you said it's how much? $25. $25 to learn how to go from one to 14 cars in 90 days. So $25 for some information like that. I'm going to get the ebook. The link for everything is going to be right down below. I really do appreciate you guys checking out the podcast, and I do appreciate the Turo Go for being here. Let us know where we can find you on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. You guys can find me across platforms um, at Elevate Your Rentals. Elevate Your Rentals, like I said, right down below. What he's going to do is he's going to drop the product on how to get the 14 cars within, you said, 90 days. 90 right? days. I'm going to include my credit cash machine ebook. I'm going to show you guys how to get the large credit limits between Navy Federal, American Express, how to get those fifteen to twenty thousand dollars in available credit, so you guys can go and get cash cards as well as doing the joint venture deals. So I'm going to throw that in with his ebook for the one to fourteen cards in ninety days. You guys put the link down below. Take that offer. Like I said, I'm going to include my ebook with his ebook. We're talking about twenty-five dollars to completely transform your life and get you on track to getting your first car or getting 14 cars in 90 days. So go fill that order form out down below and you'll have my product and his product. I appreciate you guys and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace.